Hello and welcome to the latest Common Had a Dream podcast. I'm here as ever with Ruth. Good afternoon. Uh, we are Happy ba- New Year. Happy New Year as well. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, we are back in our old stomping ground of Costello's once again. Um, nice loud music they've got on for us this <laughs> evening, which is lovely. Um, to do a half-season review for the Welsh clubs playing in the, in the English leagues. Um, and then a few, like current news situations to kind of finish off on as well. So we're going to talk through how Cardiff, Swansea, Newport and Wrexham have done so far this year, how what we think they need sort of thing to get them through the rest of the year, but also how we think they will do come the end of the year. I can already see Ruth's face, just a mention of the word prediction and this terror. <laughs> so um, we will start with Cardiff City. Um, they're doing remarkably well, and I feel like I say this every time we chat about Cardiff, about eating my words. Um, but I really do. I, I'm really surprised about how well they're doing and, and, and how good they're looking. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. I think they were, vast majority of people, perhaps not at this table, the vast majority of people, they were the, the certs to go down. Yeah. They're basically Huddersfield are playing that part at the minute, aren't they? And I think if you'd have said back in August... Your card, if you're, you know, halfway through the season, you're above the relegation zone. Only just admittedly, but you're above the relegation zone. There's one team in Huddersfield that basically you can write off. It's going to be perm two from five or six. You've got a fighting chance. I think they've definitely taken it. Oh, I think, I think, I think I, you're absolutely right. Looking at the, some of the tweets we've got in. Thank you, by the way, to everyone who's tweeted us. We've got some really interesting stuff. Um, looking at the tweets we've got in. I think everyone agrees with you. I think everyone has said we've, you know, Cardiff have put themselves in a chance, uh, in a situation where they've got a chance. Like, looking at the table here, I, I think you're right. I think Huddersfield are as good as gone. They can't score. They can't defend. Um, the, their last game, uh, 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 I can't remember his name, Mounier or Moon something like that, uh, scored his first goal of the season. But it's also the only striker who scored a goal this year. And it was his first goal of the season. And we are in... January now so I mean they can't score goals they're conceding goals for fun um, I agree with you I think they're gone Fulham are on 14 points then Southampton 16 but I think Southampton will, will be alright they seem to have sorted their lives out of it and then Cardiff with uh, 18 Burnley with 18 the mighty Newcastle United with 18 I think Southampton will pull away and then really I think it's between Newcastle Burnley and Cardiff so from Cardiff's perspective they've just got to finish above one of those two teams really are you assuming Fulham are, are gone then yeah I, th- I think yeah. Fulham will go just see I think can't score can't I, I think I would give Burnley the edge out of that little list um, but actually I think the fact that Cardiff have managed to stay together and the camaraderie both on and off the field both in the stands and and on the pitch at a point where a lot of teams are becoming very dysfunctional I think that actually might be what makes the difference in the end the fact that they seem to be able to operate as a team bounce back I mean their ability to come back from a bad defeat and then have a reasonable game it's actually quite impressive oh, for, really for you know when you actually consider who they're perming from for, from for the players. Um, I do think their next couple of fixtures could be pretty key though when you consider who they're playing, who's coming up. I mean they they have got. I mean these are a, 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 these are, it's a two or three week run that's yeah. so really going to decide the season for them. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean you you they've got to take three points from Huddersfield. 
you want them to get something out of the Newcastle game. You personally I was say you might, don't. I, I don't. <laughs> might not. You but may. You'd like to see that. Arsenal away, I think they've... You don't know, but I think that's probably got to be written off. That's a write-off, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got Bournemouth, Southampton away, and then Watford at home. You know, Watford are a decent side, but, you know, I mean, Christ, we beat them and drew with them. Those are the sort of teams, if you want to stay up, you've got to see if you can nick something off them at home. Um, I think the the next, you know, ultimately, I think the next two games obviously aren't going to decide the season because we're way away from that yet, but I think they will decide how the season's going to go. And I think if you can't beat Huddersfield at home, you can't get something off Newcastle away, I think you're going to struggle. I, I think I'm looking at it from a Newcastle perspective of if we finish above Cardiff, I think we'll stay up. And I think they are, should look at it as the same perspective of if we finish above Newcastle, we'll stay up. And I think that's probably about the long short of it. Who... I mean, I know you've got a bias here, but which no. way which way would you lean, actually, between those two? In all uh, honesty, I think purely because of Rafa Benitez, I think we'll stay up. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has got an ability to get the absolute maximum out of players, to grind results out. I hate this expression because I'm sure it's grammatically incorrect, but to out-tactic people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we showed it against Huddersfield. We were bloody awful against Huddersfield. 1-1-0. Uh, drew away at Watford. Do you know what? Yeah, we lost to Man United. Yeah, we got hammered by Liverpool, but no one cares about that, you know, in the bigger in the bigger picture. So I think I think I would back us to stay up over Cardiff just. But I think it is one of those things. It's going to go down to the last two or three games, I think. Do you think if it got close with half a dozen games to go that I wonder whether Newcastle's head might drop more than Cardiff and whether that kind of like the sort of attitude that we're here despite the odds sort of thing might actually help them in the end? I don't think so. I I think the thing that will make a difference in Newcastle season is if all this takeover stuff has been bluster or not. And I think if the takeover comes through in January and we spend some money, I think we'll be absolutely fine because we've got a world-class manager. If we don't, I can I can see what you're saying. I still just about back us to grind it out. And the Cardiff's biggest problem, which helps us move on nicely, is I think is the lack of depth in their squad. You saw the, the game against Gillingham on the weekend. Still a lot of first-teamers, but also you know the people on the fringes also played. And it, they didn't look up to much, in my opinion. So... Um, I think that's their biggest problem. And Newcastle have got the experience of being in this situation. I think if it is just a shootout between those two, which I personally think it is, I think I'll back Newcastle just about to stay up. Um, but genuinely, I mean this, the blow would be softened if it was at the expense of Cardiff. <laughs> I would still be furious and devastated and want to kill Mike Ashley, but it, I would genuinely take some some comfort mm-hmm. from that. Um, to look at Cardiff's... Um, potential in the transfer market they've had a few um, things kind of turned away but I really do think they need to get someone else in midfield probably a striker and probably a defender obviously they got let down with Nathaniel Klein with Liverpool and um, and you'll have to excuse my pronunciation of Adrienne Tamizi Tamezi 
from Nice. You can go with those. I'm sure you know him well. <laughs> um, he's someone they've had a bid for, and I think they've had that bid turned down as well. So I think it's going to be a, a struggle to get someone in, but I think they need to get people in. The one thing I will say before we move on is I have been so impressed with Cardiff and the, the fight they've got, the determination they've got, the ability to churn out results. Everyone was talking about them going down with the worst points total ever. And as, as you said, we, you, know, you won't find those people around this table, but I certainly thought they'd go down. And the, fa- the fight they're putting up is, is so impressive. I think they're benefited by the fact that this is the bottom half of the Premier League is the weakest I think it's possibly ever been. And that's no slight on Cardiff because Huddersfield are crap, Fulham are crap, we're crap, Burnley are crap, Southampton have been crap. Um, there's enough rubbish down there that I think that that benefits them. But you've still got to do something. You've still got to fight. You've still got to play. You've still got to get results. And I've been genuinely impressed to the the point of being staggered almost. Um, as, you know, loads of tweets have been, you know, finished with a hashtag with a right back up front, um, which I've enjoyed. And that just does sum up the whole situation. Yeah, I think it's like I was saying a little earlier. There's def- they've definitely got a strength as a team. Um with the relationship between them, the relationship with Warnock, the relationship with the crowd. I mean, the support they're getting is wonderful yeah, to watch, even at this distance. And uh, I just hope that that's, that's rewarded, actually, because normally a team that's on their kind of points total you know, can become dysfunctional, can become disillusioned. It's almost, you look at what happened with Stoke last year, it's almost sort of self-prophesizing, isn't yeah. it, where you end up? Um, and they seem to be bucking that, and I think there's a lesson in that as I well. And so agree. I hope they get the reward for that alone. No, I agree, and I do, and I, you know, I don't know how it would work, and I and I would love for both Newcastle and Cardiff to stay up. Um, I really would, and I've been impressed by everything that's gone on at the at the City Stadium this year. And I can say I really do hope they stay up. Um, we tweeted out and asked for a lot of reactions uh, from people to see how they thought their season was going. I'm going to read a few of them. I thought about 10 people were going to reply, so I said I'd read out everyone who replied, and over 50 people replied, so if I miss you out, it is not intentional. I apologise. Um, a lot of the common theme with a lot of them, good improving people wrong, but still with room to improve. Cardiff will fight to the end of the season. Um, and that is from The View from the Ninian, which is a very good podcast on Cardiff C. Better start to the season than many expected for Cardiff. It's been frustrating, um, and it doesn't seem to be getting easier in the transfer window. If we could end the season one place above relegation, I'd take that every day of the week, which is John McAllister. Um, old-fashioned hard work and a team willing to play for each other has kept them above the relegation zone. It'll take more of the same to keep us up in the second half of the season and that's from only one Cardiff City I'm not going to keep reading all of them because you'll be bored and a lot of them are kind of saying the same thing Um, one of the most interesting ones I I read was from um, someone called Stu who said loving it most enjoyable year following City including 1993 being able to take my kids to watch Cardiff in the Premier League is amazing experts had us down already with a record low points Proving people wrong every week, week in, week out. And I that statement of um, everyone being in it together, I'm loving taking my kids, this is the best season we've ever had, just goes to show, it doesn't matter how good your footballer is, how bad your football is, or just that thing of everyone being in it together, I think makes a big, big difference and a massive impact on everyone. And you can, you can see the effect of that on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of those tweets... Uh, are the same 
sort of thing. The, the interesting one I thought, another interesting one from Adam James was talking about a points total of 37 points to keep Cardiff in the Premier League. I reckon if you got 37 points, you'd be safely staying up this yeah, season. Yeah, I, I, I think the cutoff's going to be a touch lower. I think I, I may even go 32. Mm-hmm. 32-34, I think I'll see you safe. Just the way, the amount of dross that's knocking around. Um, yeah, 37 seems seems high. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think if Cardiff, price thirty-seven, you'd be in Europe. If you offer, if you offered that to Cardiff now, I think they'd take it, oh. and I think they'd probably be and confident they'd that was up, enough. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. totally agree with you. But yeah, so lots of uh, lots of great uh, replies. Thank you to everyone who replies. Sorry, we can't read them all out. We would literally be here till Christmas. Mm-hmm. So thank you uh, to everyone for that. That moves us on to Swansea, which has a much more of a mixed bag response from the fans. Um, it's interesting, actually. Swansea rebuild off to a very promising start. The return of entertaining football and a young team full of exciting talents. Inconsistent results and plenty of room for improvement. And that's from Guto Llewellyn. Um, in contrast to that, which I think is quite a positive uh, mm-hmm. statement, we have crap ownership, gets the managerial choice right, but papers over the near criminal cracks um, in building Swansea's squad. I think... Both of those are true. Yeah, and they can, and they're not mutually exclusive. No. They can, they can both genuinely be true. Yeah. Um, for me, actually, the most important well, perhaps after Potter, the most important thing that Swansea have done this year is is you know is some contract signing. Um, when you consider that Rodden and and Roberts have both been signed onto reasonable contracts, that might actually be the most important thing they do this year. And there's a genuine benefit in the bigger picture to Welsh football there as well yeah. so I agree equally I've also got um, uh, sorry from Darren just says average that was his sole response which I quite liked um, well when they're 12th in the, the league that kind of yeah. is average I mean, I was, again I suppose like the other two <laughs> you're not wrong either are you? Um, I think that my the best summary I've seen of this is from James W Swans enjoyable refreshing stylish great game to watch and not feel like the result is the only thing that matters Potter has bonded the squad together and overachieved in the early months progress in spite of owners not because of top 10 would be great I think I echo every single word of that Um, for every Swansea game that I've seen this year it's exciting to watch basically can't defend but are exciting when when everything clicks going forward They've churned out a good few results, and I think the overachieving at the start of the season was was right. Um, in a bit of a dip. No, I wouldn't say in a dip in a minute, just inconsistent in the minute. And I agree, it is in spite of everything that the owners have thrown at them in terms of taking players away. So I agree with a lot of that. Yeah, I think when you consider what's happened to you know, some clubs when they've dropped, you look at what Sunderland did, Wait. what the, you know, the state that Stoke are in at the minute, there's... there's actually definitely room for just holding firm rebuilding regrouping and having some like you say some enjoyable football happening down at the liberty they've the last two three years they've just be it's just been a slog fest actually hasn't it at the foot of the premiership and it that must fun, must know. get very wearing you're living it I yet again proof uh, <laughs> yeah exactly and um so i think there's a lot to be said for just stepping back and enjoying what you're doing and just to echo what we were saying a minute ago I think that's what's as a colliery what's so impressive about what Cardiff are managing to do is they're slogging it yet they're enjoying it and that's that's what's so rare 
Um, and I think if Swansea can keep building that enjoyment, and you know, they've, you can argue about whether it's the Swansea way or not, but at least there is a way now. Um, and so you can only see it getting better from I here. Totally agree. When you can, when you consider all the changes that they've been. I mean, I was totting it up, and Potter's used something like thirty different players across across the season thus far, and you can understand him wanting to see what he's got. But, um, you know, there's, there's obviously, um, that's going to bring inconsistency to what you can do on the field. Uh, so hopefully as, as he learns about the players and they learn about him and there's some stability to what they do, it maybe a top 10 finish isn't such a strange idea. No, I agree. And I think top 10 is kind of realistic. If you look at the table at the minute, Swansea are 12th with 36 points. I mean... I mean, I, I feel it might be too early for them to go up, but I mean, they're only seven points off Derby in the playoffs. You know, and I know that's a big stretch, and I'm not saying it's realistic necessary, but it's also not out of the question, is it? You you know, avoid some of the sloppy mistakes at the back. Add a bit of solidity in this transfer window, which I know is unlikely given the ownership, but if you can bring a couple in, to, it's going to tighten things up at the back. I really think that isn't out of the question. It's not... I don't think it's going to happen, but it is feasible. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, having a run at it with those young players, even if you end up eighth or something, you know, having a run at it to give them some momentum going forward, to feel that, yeah, we've slogged it out, we've, you know, we've punched above our weight. What what could we do next year? Yeah. I think looking at their upcoming fixtures as well, I think them being in the middle of the table me- makes them kind of a dangerous proposition to a lot of teams. And... um they're never far away from anyone, really. I mean, you're looking above. They've got Preston. Then they've got Sheffield United, uh, Birmingham, Bristol City, and then Millwall. I mean, there's a very winnable run of games. And I know Sheffield United uh, are around them. Obviously, Birmingham, Preston are comfortably below them. Bristol City are one place above them. I mean, and, and Millwall, which is the end of that little run, are, are way down as well. So you would have to say that they have got a, a decent run of games to come. So if you know they are going to hit into that top 10 or even push to the playoffs, depending on how things go, they now is a good chance to, to kind of get that run up and, up yeah. and running. I mean, I don't, I don't think anything is going to happen given the ownership, but what do you think they might be looking for in the, in the transfer window? It's a, it's a difficult one, really, because they have lost so many players in key areas um, and not brought replacements in yet a lot of the people who've come in the younger players have kind of stepped up and done a good job so it is difficult because you don't want to kind of discourage that for me I think when Ollie McBurney isn't there they don't look like they're going to score and I think equally if Leroy Fur doesn't have a good game they kind of struggle so for me I'd be looking to bring in a central midfielder like a box to box type of central midfielder someone who can run the game like Fur, Fur can and I think a centre forward because Bonnie must be earning earning a hell of a lot of money get him off the wage bill get someone else in who's got genuine championship pedigree and you never know um, I'd also add in a, a full back maybe just to add a bit of competition or maybe at least a versatile defender who can add a bit of solidity and competition but I mean that is quite fanciful really to you know you're looking for a strong player in each one of those positions I think it's probably unlikely given the circumstances but that's I think yeah without McBurney's 10 goals 
they'd be a bit lost this season. You, really, no one they, else is being. No, I think I've had a quick look. The only the next player is on four. There so you, go. you know, so they've uh, they've got to find a way to support that. Just before we move on, I said I was going to ask you a prediction question about each thing, and I forgot to do it for Cardiff, so I'll do it now. The first one is: Do you think Cardiff will stay up? And the second one is: Do you think the Swans will get to the playoffs? The reason I hate doing this is because, like, I'm wrong so much of the time, and I feel like I'm jinxing teams. But I think Cardiff will do it. Sorry, I've just doomed them, haven't I? And, <laughs> but and also kept Newcastle up. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then Swansea, I think, are going to probably just end up in the better half of mid-table. But I don't think that's a bad. A bad scenario, actually. Conversely, I am also bad at this, and I think that Cardiff will go down. Sorry, which means they'll stay up. Um, and I think, I think, but I do agree with you about the Swans. I think they could have a good little run, and I think they could get there or thereabouts. But I just don't think the squad is anywhere near big enough to to kind of see everything through. Again, I hope I'm wrong. Now we're finished with our wildly inaccurate predictions we will move on to the what i think are the two most in, like uh, interesting discussion points mm-hmm. of the of the four teams that we're talking about today in newport how do you think their season has gone so far it's actually a pretty big spag isn't it exactly they've been recently it's the the obvious the obvious result aside at the weekend it's it's on a bit of a slide at the minute. They've, you know, the the results of the last month, six weeks are not great. No, but obviously something like that win against Leicester just puts a whole different spin on the on the uh, on the season. No, I totally agree. I think um, one of the one of the standouts for me is obviously, you know, it obviously goes without saying is that is that Leicester win. But what stood out most to me about it was the the way they went about the game. They were on the front foot. They were attacking. They were pressing. They really took the game to Newport, uh, to Leicester. And not only was I impressed by that, it does lead me to wonder why results have been a bit hit and miss. And I say that um, because I went to see them play over Christmas. I went on Boxing Day. They played Forest Green and lost 4-1. The result was tempered a little bit by the fact they had a man sent off which has been rescinded as well, um, which I thought was actually a bit generous because I thought it was a sending off at the time. But anyway, um, the game was won really by two brilliant free kicks and one fantastic finish. So I, I, I maybe it's the result, basically, what I'm trying to say is not the most relevant. What I was really surprised at was the way that they played football. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen and, and read and heard of Newport this year, they've kept the ball on the floor well and kind of moved the ball about uh, quite nicely. And we saw that one team goal not so long ago, where pretty much every member of the team scored before the ball went in, uh, touched the ball. Sorry, before the ball went in. Um, and I was really surprised about when I got there. They were pumping long balls into the channel, seemed to lack any sort of composure. Um, Amond up front was credit to him was running around like a blue ass fly um, but barely got a touch of the ball just like fair play to him excuse me fair play to him for the amount of hard work he was putting in but for very little kind of reward and end product and I was surprised at that having 
but seen and read so much good stuff about them this year. Was that more a result of being down to 10 men, or did that happen relatively late in the game? It happened through the co- course of the whole game. Okay. Um, and I'm surprised because they had two massive lumpers up fr- uh, at the back, Forest Green, who were crap. Um, and, you know, the rest of the team could play a bit. So I'm not sure if they were trying to cut out the midfield to limit what their midfield could do, but within 10 minutes you could see it wasn't working because the two centre halves were just attacking everything and and the, the style of play and everything else never changed so I was I was surprised by that and how the kind of game never developed or changed and I was when I watched that game beginning to start to get worried for Flynn there was a lot of arguing I think I told you afterwards mm-hmm. David Pipe had a full argument with someone in the crowd which whilst at the time was very amusing was also equally surprising um so I was I, I was a little bit worried for them at that point, but I think it, it I think it was a sign of the fact that they knew what was coming up, and I think having that big game, no one wanted to miss that. It was on people's minds a little bit. Probably a little bit of pressure comes from mm-hmm. that as well, having a big sellout crowd and you know recent Premier League champions coming to town and everything else. So it was an interesting one, but I hope now that this distraction. A great distraction though it is is out of the way for them and they can really focus now on, on on pushing on because I think they've definitely got the ability in that squad or even though it is a bit thin but they've definitely got the ability in that squad to kind of push on I think and get back to where they were at the start of the season Do you think in a strange way the Leicester result might just be a reminder to them of who they are and what they can be? Absolutely I think Flinney will go into them and and when they the first, you know when they watch the game or whatever you know processes they go through he will be sat there saying like why like no one's got any excuses now um and and that's absolutely spot on they haven't because they were brilliant mm-hmm. on the weekend and there's no reason why they can't go out and press people and harry people and and use the ball intelligently like they did um I hope this distraction does let them kind of kick on now. Their resilience on Sunday was impressive as well. And you consider what happened in the in the Tottenham game and when they yeah. conceded and basically exactly a mirror image yeah. of that. It would have been very easy just to kind of think, oh, here we we'll go take again. A even, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll settle for, like you say, we'll settle for the replay, but here we go again. And to keep pressing and to, and to keep going, I mean, mind, what a silly penalty to give yeah. away. Yeah, I mean, daft. <laughs> but, you know... He did, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually a huge fan of the notion of those kind of ball-to-arm type penalties, yeah. but that was just so obvious. Yeah. Even I can't Stupid. argue against yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, I also found it funny, funny sorry, that Flinney, after the game, said we should have been 3-0 up uh, at half-time, which I thought was great. And it was probably not wrong either, to be honest, but um, I found that interesting. But it just goes to show like he's not resting on his laurels and... Uh, I just really want to want, wants to get them going. One more thing, I'm rambling. I know. I'm sorry um, about Newport. I've got. I just want to say, I've been to a lot of football matches and a lot of places watching football. Me and my mate Hixie had the best day. We had so much fun. You know, tiny crap pubs really round the ground. Um, Everyone was friendly and funny, and you know we had a great laugh back and forth, unrepeatable on on air, but a great laugh and back and forth with the people around us. Um, got chatting to people. Flinny came over and was chatting to people. 
uh, Andrew Crofts was knocking around chatting to people the announcer came over and gave out the team sheet early to a few of the old boys in the stand um, it was just brilliant I really enjoyed it there and it just goes to show that a fan owned club mm-hmm. well run well managed really can achieve things and, and the the impact the positive impact I think that has on everyone there because everyone feels they are contributing directly to the club and every penny they put in is going towards improving the club and I thought it was brilliant to see and brilliant to be a part of I must say so I when I go home eventually <laughs> I think I would really consider getting a season ticket at Newport it was a brilliant day you know I know they lost 4-1 the football was still of a good enough standard Forest Green for what it's worth also looked very good but um, yeah I really enjoyed it so I just I really hope Newport do well this year and if anyone deserves a bit of success, in my opinion, it's them. I think it's uh, it's a brilliant project and a brilliant club. Do you think there's a double-edged sword with Flynn doing well? I mean, you look at we'll we'll be chatting about some of the the uh, managers that have moved Sammy a bit later, but do you think there's a risk of him disappearing fairly soon? I, I think it's a tough one because I mean, yeah, obviously. You know, there's not, you know, that the merry-go-round never ends, and he is doing well with the resources he's got, and they do generally speak and play good football. But I think it is a very, very unique position that Flinney is in, and I know everyone, you know, Ricketts is one I know we'll come on to later, but he hadn't been there at the club very long. He hadn't achieved anything really, and. I know we played for Wales and it was a Welsh club, but it's a totally different connection, I think, that Flinney has. And just seeing him wandering around the, the pitch and stuff before the match, I think the club is in his blood. I think it means more to him than just a job. And I think he, keeping them up, you know, that survival thing, and those are sort of memories and bonds and ties that I think are very, very difficult to tether, to, to shake, sorry, regardless of how strong you're tethered to to the situation I mean I think personally I think if it was a league one job like the Shrewsbury thing I think he would be daft to take that in his circumstance I do still think it was different for Ricketts but I if, if it were much higher than that or the top top end of league one you've got to be got to be selfish to an extent there and he has given a hell of a lot to that club in Newport so I don't think anyone would begrudge him going up a solid amount in the divisions I don't know it's a difficult one like you say we're going to talk about managers afterwards with Nathan Jones um, I'm not sure how many big clubs so to speak or clubs in higher divisions will come sniffing around it's I don't know it seems like almost almost at random but yeah it's interesting to see what's happened so what sort of tweets were you getting off the, the Newport crew? The Newport crew. I didn't get many Newport tweets, but some of them uh, were my favourite ones. Um, this one is the one that uh, summed everything up perfectly for me, which was brilliant start to the season, followed by a patchy couple of months. Need bodies in January if we're going to push for the playoffs or some luck with injuries. We knocked Leicester out of the FA Cup, <laughs> uh, which I enjoyed. Um, Mark Miller responded with, ducking ecstatic now I couldn't decide if he was doing that for PG versions or whether he uh, actually typed that but thank you either way I think the word uh, in the next tweet that was from Mark Miller sorry this one from Jace the word at the start of this I think sums them up 
perfectly, which is unpredictable. Um, and I really think that does say everything about them. Um, Newport County, USA. I didn't know they had a USA supporters club. I think that's amazing. Um, good start. Hit a rough patch recently, but hoping the incredible result against Leicester will help turn around our league form. I've added some real impact players with Franks, Matt and Semenyo, but we'll need to build depth in January to stay competitive until the end. I think, again, mm-hmm. that's a valid point. Um, just before we do move on to Wrexham, Newport have signed, um, they've extended the loan deal of Tyreek Backinson um, until the end of the season. And another name, I don't think I can pronounce, sorry, Vashon Neufville. I don't know if I've said that right. I hope I have, uh, Vashon. You but haven't. Let's <laughs> assume you haven't. Yeah, that's true, actually. I apologise. Um, signed on loan from West Ham, which seems like a good bit of business. And the only downside, it, it doesn't look like Mark Harris, who's on loan from Cardiff City, is going to be able to stay. Um, well, it's looking unlikely at the minute. So hopefully they can they can push that deal through. But it, it's good and promising to me that they are being proactive in the transfer market. Shall we move on? Time, we time to north? move on. My final head prediction, north. sorry, was oh. um, Wrexham. Um, Newport, will they make the playoffs, yes or no? I don't think they will. My controversial one is I think they will. Mm. I think this this uh, run, this FA Cup thing will spark them into life and uh, and we'll get them there. Definitely not speaking <laughs> with my heart there. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely not. So, I've talked a lot about Newport. Yes. It is over to you, as I know Wrexham is very close to your heart. In fairness, the last time we were sat here talking about Wrexham, we were talking about what was going on with Ricketts, and I think we were expecting it to be quite a, a disruptive uh, you know, month, six weeks. And I think, all things considered, in honesty, it's, it's gone okay. Uh, there's a concern when they've lost three games in a row recently uh, and there's clearly things they need to address there's things going on in the transfer window that we'll expand on a bit more but there's you know there's there's issues there um, but they do look like at the minute at least they look like they're hanging on to that playoffs place as opposed to solidifying what's going on clearly a great win against Salford at home on Boxing Day absolutely great game I had a lot of fun listening to that on my Calon FM Sat, sat at home here in Boston um, but the three result, the three league results since then are, are clearly a concern to lose three in a row um, I'm so worried that that Salford game has maybe masked is putting an, 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 is putting an unfair unfair is the wrong word but putting an unfair gloss on the last month because I, don't get me wrong brilliant result mm-hmm. but to go from that and lose three or four on the spin is yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you. There's, there's, it's got to be addressed quick, because everything is so tight at, at the top of that table that if you if you don't if you don't regroup from those so, sorts of results urgently, you could be down this sixth or seventh yeah, very quickly. I, agree. I think what looking at the table, what I don't want to happen there is these teams keep slipping up and dropping points and it keeps more and more people in and around them yeah. I think the best thing that can happen here is that everyone goes on a bit of run and kind of takes themselves away because looking at the table at the minute you know they're four points off top with a game in hand you, you know they're not in a bad spot actually I like sorry they played the game in hand yeah. last night didn't they sorry which they lost 2-0 but you know so you look at that they're four points off the top equally um, they're only three points 
um, four points sorry away from dropping out of the the playoffs altogether because and it is so tight. I mean, they're on fifty three. Let's go six points behind them down to that. That takes them to third to seventh. Uh, with Harrogate Town and 47, and even then, 46, 44, 43, it's only down, you know, maybe 10th in the league where you'd say it does kind of drop away a little bit. So, and I, again, I don't think they'll drop that far, but uh, the, the point is that it is a very tight league. Yeah, I think that, I think that's the concern, isn't it? You've, you've owned, well, literally, three games on the, on the rub go against you. You're slipping quick. Well, we've gone. You know. you know, they've gone from top to third exactly. in, that time, in that time, and are four points behind and wasted their game in hand. Yeah. So it does go to show how how tight it is. Yeah. Um, I do think it is pointing out that win against Salford um, was brilliant. Bo- that was Boxing Day, am that I right? Was is that Boxing Day? Day? Yeah. 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 You know, an amazing victory. Yeah. Um, and they and played I'm, some nice football again yeah. as well. I think that's another part of the inconsistency. Is it's not just an inconsistency in results it's an inconsistency in performance and obviously one drives the other um, but they do s- seem to still be uh, searching on occasion for how they want to tackle games and that might also be part of the uh, the you know the new scenario and the uncertainty when willy won't he with ricketts and you know yeah. barrow coming in hopefully that will stabilize a little bit as well I did want to talk about the transfer window a, a bit because what's been happening in some respects is good and in some respects concerns me. To lose um, Jordan Maguire-Drew, to have that loan you know, withdrawn, yeah. I'm not quite sure what the expression is, and to see him going to Orient instead, that's a... You know, well, that's says a lot the, about his quality, the, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. But equally, you don't, you don't want to be losing someone that you've been leaning on to a competitor either. So that's, that's an outcome that, that won't be great. And... Uh, and they've brought, you know, they've brought in um, Grant. They've brought in um, Oswell. So hopefully both of those can start addressing some of the gaps. Yeah. But clearly they've got a problem with just scoring goals. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you can, you've got a brilliant stat. I can see a head in hands. Ruth is at the minute. <laughs> everybody, um, they've also got Cole Stockton in as well. So I, I think there is, there is obviously an awareness of where the problem is, and, it, and it, you knew, you'd have to be daft not to notice it, but. It is good that that is being addressed. Yeah, I mean, the, the highest scorers at the minute are uh, Vondrop and Pike, who've each got five. And uh, yes, the goal scoring's been spread out a bit, but nobody's really scoring goals. And if you go down the top scorers for the, for the league, I got down to the 30th position. There were still no Wrexham players. And I think actually extrapolating down, they would probably be into the 50s before they were... Before they would have appeared I mean, on, that says, on the list, that says and that's you've just it? you've got to do something about that. If you're going to be challenging at the top, you've got to address that. I mean, I think again, you know, if we go back and look at the league table here, it is. I mean, it's glaringly obvious. Looking at looking at the, the kind of situation that you can see, everyone around Leighton Orient scored 49, Salford 56, uh, Solihull 43, Fylde 45, um, Harrogate have got 54 goals. Wrexham have got 36. Uh, and whilst that's great, they've also got one of the best defences mm-hmm. in that, you know, only conceded, I think it's 18 goals I've got here. Um, so, you know, they have scored twice as many as they've conceded. But the problem is, is when you don't score that many, and, okay, it's great that you don't concede many either. The problem with that is, is that if you do concede that one or two, to go out and score the two or three yeah. that you need to get and win a game is really, really difficult. And that's my big worry. And as you say, I'm glad that it has been 
addressed. Addressed. Yeah. Um, they've also got an interesting run of games coming up next. They've mm-hmm. got Leighton Orient in the FA Vars uh, on the weekend. After that, they then have got a league game against File to uh, right with them in the league. But then a more acceptable run of they've got uh, Maidenhead, Boreham Wood, Dagenham and Redvidge, Haverton Waterlooville, um, Gateshead and Chesterfield. So quite a good little run of fixtures after that, yep. after the File game, which... You know, you've got to look at and they've covered run of form and say it's massive. Yeah, they've got to ma- they've got to make those games count, haven't they? No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, the next prediction is: Are they going to make the playoffs, or will they go up automatically, or none of the above? You're going to make me say this, aren't you? I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I think that run of games you were just describing and the new blood that's coming in. I think they might make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the automatic spot. I agree. I don't think they'll make automatics. Um, I think looking at it, what is it? Six games there? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven games. I mean, I think in reality by... Christ, the 3rd of February, that is. That's a hell yeah. of a lot of games, isn't it? Um, by the 3rd of February to go through all of that, that can't be right. No, I'm looking at it in an American <laughs> it's the wrong way around. Um, sorry, that's the 2nd of March by those games will be done. That's actually all right. Um, either way, sorry. Um, either way, I think by that point, by the 2nd of March, we're going to know, aren't mm-hmm. we? I think if you if you can't navigate your way through those that spell of games with, with a solid return of victories, I hate these predictions just because uh, I hate looking stupid. Um, despite the fact that I do on a daily basis, but I am not sure that they're going to make the playoffs either. See, I've I've just got to be. Uh, yeah, more, I get it. More yeah. hopeful that, than I, that. I, I, and I don't, I don't get any pleasure from saying that. Okay. Um, and I and I only say it to be honest. <laughs> you know, to be. I, I'm not sure that Barrow is. You know. You know, got things going the way he wants yet. Have they got time to get a new system in place? And I don't know. It's it is a lot, and it's difficult. And it's interesting. Some of the some of the tweets we've got um, started off well, strong defence as last season, but seems to be drifting a bit. Should make the playoffs just about. And that's from Tim Hugs. Um, the big thing I got here uh, from Thomas Wynn Lewis, which I think is true, the league is there to be won. There are no standout teams. I think that's a very, very good point. Um, I think the some, uh, high stress therapy has tweeted us and said they need a savvy January transfer window and add some goals, which again I think is a is a valid point. I love that Twitter name. Yes, I like that. Um, this is my I think the most realistic one, which I enjoyed the most. With perspective, we've had a solid half of the season. Just our lack of goal scorers is impacting us deeply. Some results not going our way. I reckon playoffs is more than doable this season. Hopefully we can go up. But let's be honest, probably not. Uh, from Bevanology, which I thought was, um, I think was true. Um, give us hope, then decline. Standard Wrexham. Um, and I can certainly uh, appreciate that. I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. The one thing I do think that is worth crediting Wrexham for as well is their levels of support this year home and away I think have been outstanding and the numbers they're getting through the gates at the race course is brilliant um, and obviously they've ended up did we mention this on the last one the Trinidad 
I think that wasn't. I'm not sure that came through. Actually, did well, either it? way, they've Can't got remember. the friendly at Trinidad, against Trinidad in the, at the race course, which is great as well. Um, the numbers on Boxing Day for that Salford game were massive. Um, I really, really hope they do it. There's just some yeah. nagging doubt in me somewhere that I can't, I can't shake. The, the, pro- the problem is, is, as one of the Twitter people said, is that um, it's so close at the top. You, a point goal difference could could be what makes the difference yeah. in the end. And you kind of you feel like somehow Wrexham will always end up on the wrong side of that right yeah, at the that, minute that difficult line no I, I know what you mean it's a difficult one and I, I don't know I, I really hope I'm wrong I just I don't know I've just got a bad feeling talking about bad feelings should we talk about the incident of racism that yes. that they're addressing there um, obviously the, the issue from the Dover Athletic game um, and an interesting statement from the club in terms of how they're handling it Reading the forum, they shouldn't have any trouble identifying who it was. There's plenty of people in that crowd who are able to identify who it was. And in fairness, some of the crowd were doing what they could to pull it up as well. Um, but I think it's just it's just a sad sign of the times. There's a lot it? of this stuff coming it's up at the just, minute, isn't there? But I think, that's, I think it's a sign of just what a yucky place we're in at the minute yeah I agree with you I, I, I think it's, I think it's a shame that this is overflowing into football and you know I, 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 we have to talk about it because it's important and um, I think it's so sad that we have to be talking about it in this day and age and I think you're right I think that you know there's a lot of places in the UK at the minute and this is no slight on Wrexham I, I, I'd like to point out where you know there's a, just a lot of shit knocking it about and I think it's such a shame and I and I hope the people who get uh, who were responsible for this get pulled out and you know get banned from Wrexham because I know the majority the massive majority of Wrexham fans this is not reflective of them or on them at all um, it's just sad that we're still having to say these things um, in, in life never mind on this this poxy little podcast so yeah I hope it gets resolved very very soon yeah, I th- I'm fairly hopeful actually that they can. This is some, this is something that won't get washed away. I was I was impressed with the statement from the club. Swift as well. That, yes, it? it was. They're clearly working with the local police, and as I said, certainly looking at the forums, I don't think they should have much trouble pinpointing. Yeah, I want to. We want to just talk about two more slightly negative things, then we will move on to more positive things. One of them being Craig Bellamy, and one being uh, Wayne Hennessy. First off, just as a, I'm sure everyone is aware, but just for the sake of clarity on the Bellamy situation, if you don't know what happened, he has been accused of bullying by um, a player, a former player, and his parents um, for pointing out his Englishness, basically um, turning off or muting, sorry, the English national anthem when it was played, saying how much he hated Bristol City because they're English. Um, the the kid said he felt isolated because he was English. Um, and one of the comments was that he called him an English. The only word I can think it is, and I apologise. I always my barometer in this situation is always is Saren is listening. I'm sorry. So Saren, get get your mams to cover your ears. Um, the only word I can think uh, was English prick because it was a five five word letter five letter word. Sorry. Um, I've been really surprised at some of the comments and, and, and things like that I've seen on, on social media I, I don't know about you or, uh, or how much of it you have seen but a lot of people saying my least favourite word which is oh, it's just banter um, 
to to brush under the carpet situation, I think is t- utterly avoidable and and savoury. I don't. It's not a massive deal. I don't think he deserves to be sacked. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a. I just think it's stupid in the extreme. Yeah, it's it's a juvenile thing from someone who, in his position, should know better and behaving, be behaving better. Um, I think. I wonder whether. Perhaps you and I have more sensitivity to it, given what jobs we have. We're very conscious as teachers of, of, of a role of responsibility, yeah, role true. of responsibility to kids, um, and so I think perhaps we overanalyze this. Uh, but equally, if you've got any duty of care to a child, even if they're sixteen, you've got a duty of care, and I think there are points where, whatever you might be thinking, you just have to be the grown up in the situation which is exactly what he is and should be should be and I just don't think this was a very grown up way to treat the kid no and I I don't think I hate the thing where we treat football like it's a a law unto itself and it's okay to turn up and you know and I've done it we've all done it you turn up and shout obscenities at a referee or a linesman or a player and it still doesn't make it all right you come away from the ground and think if I could have seen a video of myself swearing at this person like I'd be embarrassed and I, do, and I do hate that about football. The way it seems to be treated as like it's not the same world as everything else. But I cannot find the person on Twitter who thinks it's like, oh, I've engaged with, sorry, who thinks it's just banter. Uh, sorry, thinks it's anything less than just banter. And I just don't get it. Because if this had been the other way around and some English coats had been taking the mickey out of a Welsh kid and turned off the Welsh national anthem, everyone's saying, ah, oh, I just, I'm laughing off. I don't think we would. Mm-hmm. I think. Welsh people are very sensitive of the fact that we're Welsh in a positive way and, and care about it deeply. So as a consequence, I think we I'd be annoyed if I'd have read that story about someone that to Ben Woodburn or something. Yeah. Equally, I don't care how old you are, what job you do, what your role is. If someone came into school tomorrow, parent, kid, another member of staff, and call me a Welsh prick, I'd be absolutely furious. And I think I would have every single right to. And I think if I had called a kid in school an English prick, I would expect to be in a hell of a lot of trouble, and rightly so. And I don't care if it's in a football environment and it's different. It shouldn't be. Like you say, you have a duty of care to a child. And I and I think it's bizarre that we're you know, that he's put himself in this situation. I, what is worth pointing out, obviously, as <laughs> before we get sued, is this is all alleged. I'm slightly concerned by the fact that he's stepped down to fight the allegations. In my head, that just, what, you know, if he's not done anything wrong, he doesn't need to kind of fight it. Um, I don't know, but that, maybe that's just me. Maybe that was much as much just a kind of drawback and not embarrass Cardiff any situation. further, maybe. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're probably right. And like I say, and if it is just hearsay and this kid is making this stuff up and his family making this stuff up, does strike me as slightly fanciful, but anyway, if that is the case, you know, obviously, you know, apologies, apologies needed all round. But um, it, it's just a bizarre turn of events mm-hmm. to me. Um, I did the the best one I heard. I can't remember who it came from. Was that he said a lot of things against the media in uh, in certain outbursts when he was talking about Raheem Sterling for example and vilified the media and this is the vi- the media getting back at Craig Bellamy and fabricating the stories it's you know it's what a, that just strikes me as a bizarre the Daily Mail have got well they probably haven't in the Daily Mail to be fair but 
some journalists haven't got anything better to do in their life and they're just thinking I'm going to invent a story about Craig Bellamy because he slagged me off when he said something about Raheem Sterling I, it's bizarre to me um, so I don't know I, like I say I hope it's not true and if it is uh, if, it, if it isn't true sorry then obviously you know he deserves to have his name cleared and uh, and everything else that goes with it and as passionate as he is about being a Welshman and, a, and you know we'd like him maybe to be the Wales manager one day I just think it's daft yeah, I mean, that, I think that's the concern, actually, is it just, it's not how you should behave as the adult in the situation. Exactly. And so that throws up questions about his ability to behave as the adult in the situation. Yeah, no, I agree. I Hopefully it's an allegation that's unfounded. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, to continue the theme of stupidity, uh, Wayne Hennessy was caught in the back of a picture for one of his teammates, uh, who was German. I don't know if that's any relevance to the situation, really, but it, I don't know. If I feel like it might be. Anyway, um, doing what appeared to be a Nazi salute. I don't think for one moment that Wayne Hennessy is uh, a neo-Nazi. And the, as I say, the relevance of the German what was mentioned in the papers seemed bizarre to me. I don't think he's thought, I'm going to embarrass Max Meyer in the back of this photo and do this. Um, I was embarrassed, however, by his excuse. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah. Yep. For those of you who haven't seen, he basically said that he was gesturing at whoever was taking the photo to hurry up, which is why his arm was outstretched. And he was using his other arm to kind of cup his mouth to make the sound carry, and it just got caught at an unfortunate time. It all That all just sounds a bit strange. Yeah. What surprised me, and I, equally it might be that I've just missed this on social media, but none of the other players that were there have said something along the lines of oh don't be silly this is it's, it's just the way it's something been caught in the yeah. in the photo it was there was certainly what what not what he was doing it's just an unfortunate circumstance of taking a still photograph at the you know the an inopportune time. moment um but nobody as far as i'm aware has said that no. and that seems strange uh, hopefully sirens, those sirens right, were picked okay. up <laughs> um so that that to my mind is a bit odd i it, agree i agree I just, I don't know. The, the, I read again an interesting thread on Twitter, which was, we all do and say stupid things when we're out with our mates. Um, but there's a there's like a a, a, a stupid barrier, <laughs> which go. I, I feel like is a bit beyond stupid, and I think making a Nazi salute is is beyond that. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I daft again is the word because. It does come back, you know, people saying he's not a neo-Nazi, he's not doing it to be offensive. Like, you're right, doesn't mean it's not offensive. Um, I just find the whole thing odd. Daft is the word I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, either, either he's done it and it's clearly very ill-judged, or it is an accident of the photograph, and I don't think you'll necessarily ever get to the bottom of either no. of those things. Um but I don't think it's an, a non-thing. You can't have someone who we want to stand behind and we want to support. Um, and I will, don't get me wrong. But again, it kind of, in some respects, it's a bit like the Bellamy situation. You just hope people had more sense. Yeah, just, at this stage. Uh, just be the grown-up. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a good place to leave that, be the grown-up. <laughs> um, to move on to lighter uh, topics... 
we have Ramsey to Juve, Nathan Jones to Stoke and the Wales women game. Do you have a preference in which we would like to... No, but I'd like to t- touch on the Welsh Premier League as okay. well. Okay. Oh, while yeah, I forgot about that. While we're gossiping. <laughs> let's, let's do Stoke while we're here. Okay. Um, so, Nathan Jones, as uh, it appears, is on his way to Stoke. It's leaving not appears, he's gone. Oh, he's gone officially. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, on, the, on, the, on the beating pulse of footballers <laughs> ever here at Coleman <laughs> Hallard Um He's gone, left Luton. Uh, and has gone off to be the Stoke manager, which is a like a great move for him, a massive step up. Is it though, when Luton are second in League One and Stoke? Are, yeah, it yeah, is. You think? I yeah. mean, there's no, there's no. You look at the, as if nothing else, the caliber of player mm-hmm. he has, and the the finances and the size of the stadium and their recent history, and there's no doubt in my mind that's a massive step up. It just if nothing be. else, he gets to spend a lot of time with Joe Allen. <laughs> I would have taken. I would have taken the job. And Ash, yeah, I would have taken the job on that on that alone. <laughs> no, I mean when you look at what he's achieved at Luton, I can un- I can understand why a, a club like Stoke have, have grabbed him. He's he's had an amazing two years at Luton in terms of what what he, where he's pulled them up from League Two into League One and now threatening for promotion. Um, so he's, he's another example, a bit like Mike Flynn, of a, another young Welsh manager, Welsh manager who's you know got got some genuine potential. I think. I um, agree. Uh, from what I, I I will admit, I've not seen Luton play at all this year. But from what I've read today, in preparing for this, they do seem to play a, an attractive brand of football and good passing style of football as well. I feel like it's it's an appointment to an extent in the mould of Graham Potter, mm-hmm. someone who's used to achieving something on what appears a limited budget getting the absolute maximum out of players because there's no there's no question that Rowett wasn't getting the best out of those players the quality as in that squad is is definitely better than their league position suggests um the only thing I will say I was surprised at and great for him was that they gave him a three and a half year contract for someone who's relatively untested mm-hmm. uh, whilst I know he has done a great job of Luton it is still in League 1 and League 2 that's a big step up to the Championship and the riches that Stoke have relatively speaking um, I mean hopefully that's a sign of his, his acumen and, oh, yeah, and astuteness that you know he pushed for that and like I'm, I'm leaving a club that could be in the, the Championship end. next year you're asking me to take a gamble yeah. with you guys you've got to make it worth my while hopefully yeah. that's you know that's a sign of I, I totally agree I was just <laughs> surprised that Stoke Went themselves took that mm-hmm. relative gamble. Um, Perhaps they're acknowledging they need a bit of stability as well. Yeah, and someone who's just going to keep things on a fairly even keel. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think they've realised that promotion is off the cards realistically this t- this this season. So maybe they're just looking at someone who'll steady the ship a little bit and you know do what they need to do to get back playing a better style of football yeah. and level themselves a bit and then they can go again perhaps next year because again they have got a, a good squad the only thing I would say is I, Stoke have got quite an old squad so maybe he'll be they'll be looking at him as someone who can bring in you know some have a good knowledge of mm-hmm. the lower leagues maybe and bring some young hungry players in and to kind of push the established players a little bit yeah. an interesting appointment though I think the and analogy with, with Potter is interesting I think they've both got a little bit of a reputation b- for being not necessarily avant-garde but at least slightly outside the box thinkers with their approach to what they do and I think it's interesting that clubs are starting to move away from the the very traditional 
uh, manager. I mean, I, th- I think I read somewhere that Allardyce was interviewed as well, for example. Now, you you can't you can't imagine. Uh, should we say a best, a bigger contrast necessarily to? Yeah, I think that's a fair. Whole, I mean, it's not. It's, it's so much. Manager. It's so much more than just a generational difference, isn't it? It's just. It's He's a genuine ethos job. difference as yeah. well. And I think I do think it's interesting to see that move in the recent appointments. No, I totally agree, and I'm and I'm glad that people like Allardyce, um, Moyes, Alan Pardew, vomit in my mouth there, um, uh, are not kind of considered for these sort of jobs anymore, and there is a realisation that things have changed and, and they're making prog- they need other people to help them make progress which is great um, Ramsey to Juve appears to be the I don't think there's been any official confirmation yet but no one's denying anything and uh, it seems as good as a done deal that yeah, one yeah and I think that it's gone very quiet in terms of anything with any of the other clubs yeah. hasn't it so if there is a pre-contract in place or at least going to be in place it does look like it's going to be Juve yeah and I think it's an interesting one that because I think it's great that he's going abroad. I think it's showing what Welsh players are, are capable of achieving elsewhere. I do wonder how much he'll play. That's my concern. I mean, he's, you want him to get first team play. Um, but in some respects, he's got, to, he's got to grab that opportunity, hasn't he? The ball will be in his court. I agree. I mean, I think they're pragmatic enough there that if he's showing his first team, he'll be first he'll team. In, yeah. they're, not, they're not going to do what on earth I can't explain what's happening at Arsenal at the minute but it's not going to be approached like that is no. it he's, if he if he's producing he's going to play so, so and I think perhaps that's what he's looking for he wants to regular be regular football yeah to, but to have the ownership of that I as well you, yeah, yeah. I think that's right yeah. that's right um, and also I think the whole kind of Ronaldo whatever's going on I'm, sh- I'm sure Ramsey is as quiz bail before now I'm like does that actually work? Can, yeah. You know, can you can you operate like? a team yeah. with him with him as the spearhead? Does it you know is it doable? Um, so I ha- he's not going in blind to that scenario either. I'm sure. Uh, so I do think it's an interesting move. I'm not not sure it's necessarily who who I would have chosen for him, but I think it becomes his to make it work. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think he, that they would be the second choice for me just in terms of I think he'll play a lot the only thing I can uh, not the only thing but one of the things I, I was thinking about was they do have quite an old squad and so maybe he may not play a huge amount in this year but when you look at Ronaldo who I think is 32, 33 they've got a lot of other players who are of that sort of age range as well and then the other players who are kind of they're looking to step into that breach of people like Emre Can at Shan uh, who was at Liverpool before and you know Ramsey's definitely uh ahead of of him so uh, maybe that is the logic as well that they'll say maybe this year we'll see next year these he's going to go he's going to go you're going to step into that situation which i which i think is feasible and you know i i hope he does well obviously you know as we all do and i think he will i think he's such a talented player Mm -hmm. um and a bit of a trailblazer in the you know him and bale you know treading that path for the this current generation of welsh players um Abroad. And I think the scope in that team for him to play off Ronaldo, isn't there? And and have that, what we've often talked about with Wales, is a more obvious kind of number 10 genuine number type 10. role. Especially yeah. when they've got Mandzukic up front yeah. as well, can hold the ball up well for him. I think, um, yeah, there's, there's, mm. there's genuine possibilities there yeah. for him. Um, the, do you want to go... Uh, While we're in Italy... 
while well, we're in Italy, yeah. should we talk about the ladies? What a link. <laughs> uh, you're learning. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so let's go to the women. Uh, the Wales women are playing on the 22nd of January away to Italy. Um, the squad is going to be announced on Monday. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, the squad is going to be announced on Monday. Um, the game will be streamed live. The FAW have made an agreement uh, with the Italian FA to stream the game live online for free, which is great. Well, but yeah. I was looking at Twitter and I noticed that Hales from Fee Wells has literally just booked herself a trip oh, to she? go. So I'm, if you're listening, Hales, I'm hoping you can maybe pick us up a bit of Italian audio while you're over there because that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Or we could go anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 no, it's I, going I think to be that's a tough great, game. Yeah, uh, Italy game. are a good side. Yep. Uh, up until the last game of the the qualifiers, they were unbeaten. They only lost their last game against Belgium, which ironically did actually bugger things up for <laughs> us. But um, no, it's uh, it, it promises to be a tough game. It'd be interesting to see the squad mm-hmm. purely, I think, because of people that we have talked about, you know, retirements and everything else. Is it going to be a more youthful look mm-hmm. or? Is this going to be a genuine challenge of where we are at the minute as a squad? And, and we're going to take people like Jess Fishlock out there and and kind of have a good old go at them. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued. I really hope that uh, Jess does give it one more go. I know this, this is another podcast all in <laughs> itself, but I think seeing her go and play in this game would be a good um, sign Yeah. that, that yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't Please. know if you've been following her tweets lately, but the number of games she's been getting in back home she's she's been flying flying around the uk over the last couple of weeks getting in on a lot of games and her observations are are really interesting actually you can tell she wants to go into coaching and yeah yeah it's gonna be on the ball with that one to go back to the game itself they they beat us 3-0 at the cyprus cup last spring so that's you know that's a benchmark for us is how you know if we don't necessarily win have we improved over a 3-0 a 3-0 defeat what 10 11 months yeah. ago i remember that game they they italy controlled the game very well and we kind of i think we talked about it afterwards it was it felt like it was the blueprint for how we were going to try and play against england and i poo-pooed it and then we <laughs> drew um so yeah. as always the uh, the prediction machine rumbles on <laughs> flawlessly um no i i think you're right is that that's a very good point that we it's a good judge of mm. uh, of where we are where we come through yeah um and hopefully we can nick an unlikely result um, to finish off, uh, let's talk about the Welsh Premier League. Yep. Well, I mean, first thing is it's getting exciting. It's an actual it's, league. It's actual, to be honest, all season it's been exciting. Yeah. But now that they're into, you know, pro- going into phase two, and you've got all that the sort of segmentation that they do, and you've just the way you know the every team's kind of nicking points here and nicking, and now you're going to get just. The best of the best yeah. playing against each other. I think it's been um, it's been a cracking league, and it, and it, it promises to just to be better, even if anything. And going I think forward. I think looking at it as well, there's as you say, there is still though. I think that um, the, the thing where anyone can be anyone, mm-hmm. but also I l- I've loved that it's a proper contest this year. It's not kind of TNS running away with it. And yeah. Things are very very tight up there, and. The top of the table team seems to be kind of switching around every week, yeah. which is uh, great to see. Can I just can I just give a, a kind of shout out to Carnarvon because as the t- yeah. as the team that came up last season and uh, to have got into that sixth yeah, on the last spot day, on the so last game, yeah. yeah, and then and they've had you know they've had a unsettled scenario. U M Williams left them, 
Sean Erdley came in and has been, you know, has kind of held it together and pushed forward even as uh, with the team over the last, what, 12 months or yeah. so, I suppose. And um, so, yeah, just uh, well done, basically. No, I agree. And, and to, to carry on my local town in this instance, Barrytown, <laughs> um, Gavin Chesterfield doing a great job there. Second in the league, they were top for a little bit. Um, and again, this is only their second year back in the big time. And to go from the Europa League playoff last year, last season, sorry, to now being a genuine title contenders. And when you look at the league, Connors Key are top of the minute with 45, Barry Town are second on 44, TNS next with 43. Um, it's phenomenal, really, the, how, t- how close it is. And I'm fascinated by looking at the little kind of nuances of things in that um, Connors Key and TNS have both got colossal goal differences yeah 37 for Connors Key TNS have 46 Barry who was second 8 <laughs> um, only scored 38 goals all season this I just don't know how it just goes to show how unpredictable the league mm. is this is my favourite thing is that TNS have got one fewer point than them have scored 20 more goals than them have conceded 18 fewer goals and are still one point behind them in the league. I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know how they're doing. Equally, again, the Connors Key are only one point ahead of them, having scored basically 20 more goals mm-hmm. uh, and have conceded 10 fewer goals. But they're only one point away from them. Well, it's a brilliant league. Barry obviously know how to manage a game. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I have seen they have, have a solid amount of one nilers, but I did see. Or close games rather than one nilers, mm-hmm. but I did see on the weekend that they were they went one nil up, ended up going two one down at half time, mm-hmm. and then came back to win five two by the end. <laughs> so imagine that they scored five of those goals <laughs> in the one game on one in one game on the weekend. Yeah, so fascinating stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction on this. I, have, I genuinely would have no idea. No, exactly, it, it changes every week, would doesn't not, it? No way to start. I'm going to say Barrytown are going to win it. Yeah, you <laughs> heard it here first. There we are. Sorry, that Barrytown have just jinxed this. I did want to raise the. Um, it's a bit like where's Waldo? You know, where's Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is what is he up to this weekend? Because he isn't where I want him to be. No, he pulled basically. out the soccer sixes. Yep. Funny that you pulled out the soccer sixes with an iffy knee or hamstring or whatever it was, and then. And then flew to Vietnam. Well, then he's on a piss in Vietnam. Sorry, Saren. Just, um, I'm just frustrated. It's like he's he's not he's not watching the lads play. I can't see evidence of him watching our guys play. Why is he not up at Derby or why down is at it, Why is he in Vietnam? He's in Vietnam. Well, presumably the contract he had with coaching there is still running, which is a question all of itself. Um, but at what's the like the busiest time of the season in terms of getting those games in, getting a feel for how players are doing, seeing how they're managing yeah. the back-to-back games, all of that stuff. Why is he why, not doing yeah, that? Why, why was he not at the, the bloody Newport game on the weekend? There's no value to him even being there. But at least he's supporting Welsh football. Not a sausage. No. I don't get it. I do not get it. Where's yeah. Waldo? Where's Ryan? I like that. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a book or something in there. That's what our TV show is going to be. That's, that's, the, when, that's the name of our next podcast. Okay, Where's fair Ryan? enough. Um, no, I agree. Just bizarre. Um, you know, when when has he been watching games? I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you. Because he seems like he's just on the beers quite no. a lot. I, he's either him, at United or occasionally at Salford, and that's it. And Yes, yeah, odd. Odd. Very, very good point raising that up, by the way. Um 
I think at an hour and ten minutes. That's, that's, that's actually, actually quite good, good for us. us. <laughs> Considering the amount of ground we've covered tonight, I think that's great. Um, thank you to everyone who has uh, tweeted in. We very much. Given, I'm sorry, we could read them Given you've collated them, why don't we put them on the on the blog, and at least people can have a look that's if they want. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. Yep. There will be a mini blog of your <laughs> views and opinions and tweets, mm. um, which I will do tomorrow. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you for tw- sending in all your tweets and views and opinions and, and sharing our messages uh, to get a broad view of what everyone thinks. Good luck to the four teams that we have discussed, and we will continue talking about them for our next podcast, whenever that is going to be. Uh, and again, thank you very much for listening, and good night. Good night.